This week, we are returning to a Gamer Loop Radio favorite. Yes, it is more Destiny 2. All after orbit. Howdy and welcome to another Gaming Loop Radio with your host, Neutron. And again, we have Verita joining us tonight. Huzzah! Verita, how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good, and I'm super excited that you're back here uh, as a regular now for our Destiny 2 episodes, because we can talk for hours, and we proved it last time. It was over an hour, <laughs> just about was. Destiny. And it, I... Absolutely can talk about this for hours and hours and hours. So I'm very happy to be back. Yes, you should expect another hour because we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. <laughs> oh my gosh, we sure do. It was so funny because I was keeping up on Destiny News as I do. And I saw this, the updates that we're going to talk about. And I went, oh my God, this is going to be a huge podcast. <laughs> it's going to be so good. <laughs> I mean, originally we only had we you know last episode we, we mentioned we might do a deep dive on the the mods for this season, mm-hmm. right? Well, that was before we got the big news dump about the future of Destiny Two. So we're <laughs> gonna get to that towards the end of this episode. Yes. Uh, but before we get there, uh, let's do a a quick recap of the season of the Chosen so far. It's been a little bit over a month, I think now that the season has gone live. We got to play some of the seasonal story. Uh, We got to check out the new activity, the battlegrounds. I think all four battleground uh, levels Mm -hmm. are now available. Yes, yes, they are. Yep. Uh, We got to try out uh, two of the returning strikes, the, the Devil's Lair and Fallen Saber. These were D1 strikes. And I think today is when they... They released the the new strike, correct? The one in the walking tank. Is that today? I don't think that's today. I think. Let's see what it. No, that's in a couple. Oh, of the twenty third. Mm-hmm. That's twenty third. Never mind. Yep, we don't need to we'll... speed up March any more than it already is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but uh, I mean, I guess so far, what have you thought of the? The seasonal drip of content, right? Because it looks like each week we're getting something new, whether it be a little bit more uh, story on uh, Kaito, 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 or a little bit more on the the um, the dead man's t- tale, mm-hmm. right? That story. Um. So, what do you think so far? Honestly, I like the pace that it's going right now. I think between the battlegrounds and the story around that and then you have everything from the press edge mission and i'm probably pronouncing that wrong um and all the other stuff within the season that's coming with it i think that it's going at a reasonable pace for a season if this was a dlc a full dlc i would have a different opinion but i do think that this is a good amount of story little tidbits here and there and then the exotic rifle mission is just full of lore and you can 
theory craft out of so many different things in there. And all of that combined really fills the gaps really well from week to week. Yeah, and, and I like the way that they're setting it up. It it, it gives a little uh, a little bit more incentive for you to run like the Presage mission. Mm-hmm. One, because I love the story for that. Oh, it's so, so cool. So for them making it that way, I'm gonna go back again, and I know I'm gonna get a, a you know a pinnacle engram for doing it too. So it's not like I'm wasting my time. But then I get a little extra tidbit of of what's going on with that mission and why was someone helping Callus, right? Right. Uh. So that that is, I, I I agree. I definitely like the pacing of of the story for this season, and I think they've improved a lot. Uh, you know, they've learned over the last year and a half, two years on how to release seasonal content. I so would agree. They've probably done the best. Yeah, this is probably their best attempt at seasonal content. Mm-hmm. And I think that bringing back Devil's Lair and Fallen Saber as well are two things that really hit home with D1 vets, people who have played through this game for so long. And then you have people who have never played Destiny 1 experiencing it for the first time, which is a really special moment, especially for a couple of my friends who I play with who had never experienced this before, and they're getting it for the first time now, and it's just a really nice, really nice feeling to just watch them see and go, oh, this is the thing, and it's just neat. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. Those those two strikes coming back were a nice touch, and they they made it. Uh, I think a little bit, you know, introduction of champions. Of course, those weren't there in Destiny One, so mm-hmm. adding them into the playlist there. Um, I I felt like there's they added like way more enemies compared to the D One. I mean, the final boss for Devil's Lair. There's so many shanks. Oh, like, so, oh my god, there's so many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> there's so many of them. Um, um, Fallen Saber didn't feel too bad. Although I will be 100% honest, and I'm very grateful for Bungie in that they didn't patch this yet, but running Fallen Saber with 12 people, <laughs> oh, it's just so much chaos, but it's so much fun. <laughs> it is a literal clown car, as they put it in that post <laughs> of Guardians. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, just going in with a, a group of three, it, it, it's not a difficult strike compared mm-hmm. to many others. It is pretty quick. Um, I can only imagine. I, I wish, you know what? I, I'll I'll go look up on YouTube videos to see people doing that because I I haven't had a chance to do it myself. Um, to to you know go into an activity with twelve people. I think they have until the twenty third actually. Whenever whenever nightfall. Um, grandmasters are released right that's when they're supposed to that's when they're aiming to patch that yeah so it's not this week so it's not the reset we had today it's next reset because i think that's when gms come out is the 16th okay. yeah i was it was interesting to see uh their approach to that because so many people were just trying it for you know for giggles mm-hmm. to do the twin man activities so the way that they approached it is hey we're not gonna penalize anyone you know just go ahead and enjoy it um, but we'll we'll take care of this later on. I think that was probably the best approach that they could have done. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree. And I think it speaks volumes to the fact that they see people having fun. The only thing that I hope for is in the future, they look back at this and go, oh, wow, people really enjoyed this, whether it was intended or not. They had a lot of fun. Maybe we should create an activity where you can have more than three people or more than six people. Something that's not you know, a raid level 
activity where you can have more than three people in it because it just is it's so much fun and they could scale it they could easily make it more challenging to to scale to the number of people that are playing but oh my gosh it's (laughs) so (laughs) so fun so i kind of hope that while they're going to patch it and i understand because that's the way it's supposed to be right now i hope they reconsider it for the future because that would be so cool oh yeah yeah um what about did you which one of the new exotics weapons are is your favorite personally i just love dead man's tail that scout rifle just feels just right and i just love the story behind it i did i also tried you know the tiku's divination the mm-hmm. bow that one's fun but once i got dead man's tail i don't think i've touched that bow <laughs> <laughs> so i go back and forth a lot um because with the mods in the current seasonal artifact Dead Man's lends itself very well to a lot of activities. So if I don't need a particular heavy, I will run it typically, yeah. I have one with Outlaw, and that is its max. So that's a lot of fun. Tiku's is great for strikes, and because it's basically the solar version of Trinity Ghoul, which is really yep. neat. Um, it's very useful for, you know, killing mass amounts of ads so i enjoy it but i i'm with you i like the rifle a lot and i like the little noise it makes when you hit max stacks it's that like wild west whistle thing yes <laughs> so good <laughs> i mean speaking of weapons they did a lot of they did a pretty good job on the new pool of weapons that were added i've had a lot of fun using you know the smg that came with the season um i I didn't think that I would be using rocket launchers as much as as I am. Right. I mean, they they did tell us, you know, 30% boost. And sometimes you look at the numbers and and you can't really gauge until you actually, you know, get to use them. But Mm -hmm. they are powerful. Like that boost, that boost was significant for those weapons. And I'm I'm happy because that's that's really all I rocked in D1, you know, rocket launchers. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Gallerhorn. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah no I'm I'm very much with you on that. I really love the I love the bow. Um cuz I got it with a couple of really good perks on it and it's really nice. The SMG is great. The sidearm The sidearm's fun. I'm not a huge fan of the the brass attacks. It's just too slow of a fire rate for me. But I'm with you on the rocket launcher. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And believe it or not the heavy linear fusion rifle. That thing is actually really fun and it hits hard. I was using it earlier today doing battlegrounds of all things. So yeah, I think they I think they really hit the mark on the seasonal weapons and I appreciate how they're putting the weapon chase into the ritual activities that we do. So strikes, crucible, gambit. I can't even tell you how many shadow prices i have now but it's so much fun and the palindrome was great i didn't manage to get the uh the swarm yet but i'm sure with gms and things like that i'll it'll pop up but i think that's another really great step in the right direction that they're creating value around these activities that you have to do for pinnacles and powerfuls and stuff like that you know it's before it was just okay i'm doing this for xp and this smg that i have eight of already now it's oh there's this new hand cannon that's greater there's this new sidearm that's greater a new sniper and 
it's just nice to have new stuff to go after. I, it makes the grind a lot more bearable. Yeah, I, I was lucky to get a, a a very nice shadow price from doing the the ordeals. I haven't gotten any of the other weapons, uh, but mostly because I've been playing other games. But um, <laughs> I can't enough. wait to get those and get get the adept versions once mm-hmm. those launch. Uh, we'll be able to get those as rewards on the Grandmaster Nightfall. So that that'll be very interesting to see how much pain can you handle until you get one of those weapons? Because the Grandmasters are not very easy. <laughs> They're tough. No. I think that had it not been for, you know, 12 people being in the strike, um, <laughs> I think that the Master Nightfall would have been really challenging. Although, you know, we've had a good amount of time to level, which I appreciate. So I feel a little more prepared. I think probably this week will be the final XP push to get there. And then GMs are all just about figuring out where everything is and taking your time. And then when you've got the rhythm down, then you can speed it up a little bit. So I'm excited no, for I that agree. challenge. I definitely agree. And and being able to use what seasonal model, uh, not seasonal models, but seasonal mods, uh, for those grandmasters, going to be key. I mean, we got some really good ones this season. Um, I think you mentioned this before in the last episode, but based on the perks and the mods that were shown in the the seasonal artifact, it kind of gave you an idea of what the meta would be for this season. Right? Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned, you know, scout rifles. Scout rifles. Dead man's tail showed up, and that using that weapon is in all of. It has like four different, you know, mods that you can use mm-hmm. to increase reload speed, to make it an anti-barrier scout, to you know reduce flinching. It's There's so strong. much that you can do with sniper rifle. It's super strong. So far, I've I've I mostly rocked the scout rifle perks uh, uh, mods. Um, I've. I always always get the hand cannon one just because it's it's easy to do and un. I feel like unstoppable hand cannons just show up e- each season. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I, I don't really know why that is. Um, I do think that in terms of enemies, what I've noticed is that unstoppables tend to be the super super heavy guys, right? Like with the hive, yeah. it's usually the ogres. With the Cabal, it's like the big, big dudes that are just going to stomp you. And then anti-barriers tend to be like servitors and things like on that level. Um, Knights, Hive Knights. So I think that they pick the highest risk weapons for the most difficult champions. (laughs) Um, But I do think that there are other mods in the artifact that complement those things and lower that risk a little bit too and we won't go too much in detail in all of the the uh, perks the mods for this season but there are some very interesting ones that you start seeing in column four and column five mm-hmm. and in column four we got the first time we ever get an anti-barrier sniper that was a new one for me yeah and it just takes one shot and it b- breaks the shield <laughs> it's incredibly powerful but it, it also, you have to think about situations that you're using it in. So I think when I was doing one of the Lost Sectors, I think on Legend or Master, I can't remember, 
I was trying the the anti-barrier sniper. I was like, oh, this is perfect because I'm by myself. But with the way that they've done overload and unstoppable, you really don't have too many other choices that are relatively low risk, high damage. You have to really get in there to finish off the damage that you're trying to achieve if you're using the anti-barrier sniper. Now, if you're in a group, it's awesome. Um, but it's definitely risky for solo play, at least for me, because I am not careful. So then <laughs> <laughs> once we get to the final column, I think every single one of these, and I think it's for each season, mm-hmm. these are very unique, very powerful. Um, the ones that I've used the most so far are Glacial Inheritance, so mm-hmm. that you get a super energy recharge on your stasis by defeating enemies, and also the Sundering Glare, so that if you're doing rapid precision hits uh, against a, a, an enemy that's uh, very distant, it'll weaken it for uh, So it's a, basically a, a buff, mm-hmm. right? And that that is very useful against bosses. Uh, I've used that uh, for raid bosses. Um, I, I created a PvE, you know, stasis build using the Glacial Inheritance with a combo of the new seasonal maws that you get from the helm. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the elemental elemental wells, that's been very powerful for me. But what about yourself? Have you tried any of the other any any of the other mods there in column five? So it's funny that you mentioned the ones that you did mention because I have been using not those at all. <laughs> so I've actually <laughs> been using focusing lens. So light abilities do more damage against stasis affected enemies. And um which one is it? Volatile conduction. So Grants bonus arc super damage when cast while critically wounded lasts until the super ends. So arc is very strong this season. It also kind of comes up a little bit too in column four with surge detonators. Your arc grenades disrupt combatants for anti-barrier overload. I think mainly overload. And so on the Titan with the new chest piece, the exotic chest piece (laughs) from the new Lost Sector, you completely delete enemies, bosses. They are so powerful. Now, if you throw, if you're in a team, someone throws a stasis nade on a primeval boss, per se, in Gambit, not that I've played a lot of Gambit, totally have, um, <laughs> you, that boss is gone, completely gone. Add someone using um, Arc on their Warlock, done, absolutely done. So, and Volatile Conduction is good, but for a Titan, it's a little tougher to use just because there's a little bit of a gap there between when you launch and when you kind of hit the button to launch. So it could potentially kill you before you get to use it. But if you're using Chaos Reach on a Warlock, much easier to do. Take a couple hits from a boss, whatever, pop Chaos Reach, Dunzo. It's fantastic i have messed around with sundering glare a little bit um but i find that the other two have just been much more beneficial for me personally in my playstyle. but i think all of them together are fantastic i'm actually really excited to try glacial inheritance on my hunter because i find that the hunter stasis super is very strong stronger in my yes. opinion than the titan and the warlock so i'm super excited to make a whole stasis build on my hunter and use that. I definitely agree. That's why I made it, because 
I just get, you know, supers for my hunter so fast using mm-hmm. the build that I have. But now I'm interested in what you just told me to check out focusing lens and volatile conduction on my warlock. Yes. And my titan. So I might have to reset my <laughs> my <laughs> seasonal artifact. Well, actually, no, you don't. So you don't. Fun fact: I don't know if you knew this. You can set your artifact differently on your different guardians. So what I have on my warlock is not what I have on my titan. It's not what I have on my hunter. They do not have to be the same. Ah, okay. Hmm? I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about it too, I... to be fair. And then I went to, I hopped on my warlock the other day to get the new exotic chess piece from the last sector. And I was like, oh, I have to set this up because I forget that every season it it's not transitive. I don't have to yep. set it on one and it's on the other two. I set them individually, which is great. Well, I will have to do that then because uh, I definitely want to try out because I think the ARC subclass has been the most underutilized mm-hmm. I agree. for the longest time from, you know, going, I feel like even going back to to Destiny 1. It definitely is not, it has not gotten a lot of love, but I think between the new exotics and then I haven't gotten a chance to try the Aeon Cult options um because i haven't gotten a new pair of an arms yet but i also hear that's very strong with arc but um it 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 got it got a lot of love this season which is gonna be great for the remainder of the season i'll be sad to see it go at least for some of the mods but next season will probably be void and i like that too Yeah, I definitely like that they each season they they try to push for a certain certain meta meta just to keep things fresh. Mm-hmm. And speaking of keeping things fresh, the they introduced some new seasonal mods. I mentioned them earlier, the Elementable Wells. Uh basically all of these mods, there's six of them. You can get them through the helm mm-hmm. in the tower and basically they all share a similar uh, ability or similar perk and they have a, a second one. Uh, that is unique to it, but you will get, by picking up these elemental wells, you'll get energy to your ability that has either your current, your lowest current energy, if it's, for example, if say you have a stasis, stasis uh, subclass, and then you pick up someone else's uh, solar uh, elemental well, that will go to your lowest uh, current energy. But if you get something that's the same that matches, uh, that grants energy to all your abilities without it's and it's the same across all of them. It's it's not like it divides up the energy between them. It is a really neat set of mods. Which ones have you used so far? So I've messed around a little bit with elemental charge, uh, elemental armaments, and then elemental ordnance. Just a little bit. I'll be honest. I haven't used them too too much. Um, I've been making a Warmind build more than, for more than anything, but I am going to make a build with these new, with these new mods. Cause I do think that they're very unique and they're going to be great in team play. So I have messed a little bit. I like them though. They're really neat. Yeah. So far the ones that I've used are the elemental charge. So that's basically, uh, you know, one of the mods that allows you to become charged with light. Um, I've also used the 
a font of wisdom. I've used a, a font of a might. So if I throw a grenade, uh, it creates elemental well. If I use a super, get kills, I get elemental well. So that kind of helps me with my PVE build on my hunter to always have my stasis super almost at all times. Right, so once you mm -hmm. run into a bunch of ads, I'll throw it in there and I'll get everything back. That's pretty great. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I'm really excited for 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 that build. I, and actually, this time I didn't go out and you know I typically go and see what you know you know YouTube content creators are you know they'll make crazy builds about stuff. Mm -hmm. This time I just went ahead and did it myself, uh, just to you know use my brain a little bit. Yeah. To figure out if I can if I can make my own build before you know getting some help. And it's and it's gone, you know. It's it's. I compared my build to the you know some of the builds online, and and it does very well, and it's very similar to some of them. So I'm pretty excited that I was able to do that myself. That's awesome. It's funny you mentioned that because I did the same thing with the Warmind build that I made. I read through all the mods I had. I'm like, okay, well this can go with that, and this can go here, and this is probably fine. I could use this here, and then I did the same thing. I kind of spot checked my work and looked online. I'm like, oh yeah. I have like most of the same things. This is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, and it it was it's been really fun. So I can't wait to check out some of the new ones. Uh, really, I've only play, mostly played on my hunter, mm -hmm. so I need to go share some love on my other characters and see what kind of builds I can make. Definitely, I'm gonna make some arc builds next. Yeah, so I've, I'm very guilty of the same thing this season. Normally, I'm I'm better about splitting my time, but I've been very much tightened all the way. <laughs> Uh, outside of I think like this weekend, this weekend I started my warlock and my my hunter, but they need they all need love this week equally. Got to work on it. <laughs> uh, last two things that we'll do a recap on is um, we did get the first Iron Banner. I'll be honest, I didn't really play Iron Banner not because I was not interested in, but. Because I really wanted to get some Pinnacle Engrams, but I was just busy that week, so it didn't happen. <laughs> it's fair <laughs> that you weren't missing very much. I was very disappointed. Um, I think that PvP is in such a place right now, and we'll get to more of the detail around that later. But Iron Banner is a little painful, but it's bearable with friends, right? And then they bring yes. in the seasonal quest. It's like, get kills with heavy ammo. And I looked at that, <laughs> I put my controller down, and I walked away. I'm like, you cannot be serious. No one asked for this. No one wants this. Everyone got mad the last time you did it, and here it is again. And then, I think it was almost towards the end of when Iron Banner was running, they auto-completed it for everybody. <laughs> they were like, yep. you don't have to do this, it's okay. We'll just, we're, we're sorry. It. Uh, yeah, I mean the weapons are okay, and the pinnacles were were good. I did play through it. I didn't finish the quest. Um, I can't say that I'm gonna rush back to it, but we'll see. I was kind of hoping for different armor too. Maybe we'll get different stuff further down the calendar. But y you didn't miss anything. I'll save that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yeah, and speaking of PvP. Trials of Osiris has been up and down all around ever <laughs> since it came back. Yeah. 
and it's gotten crazier this season. Uh, it's actually put on hold until further notice <laughs> because there is a win trade situation going on in the community. <laughs> uh, basically, I I don't know too much about it, but. If you put on a certain certain uh what was it a banner or something the hake the the hake mm-hmm. emblem yeah it basically gives a signal hey I'm down to do this win trade stuff with you and then there's a bunch of other crap we won't get too much into detail but that's interesting because at the same time you know you had the 12 man situation yeah and then you had this win trade situation but they they weren't mad about the 12th man situation they were more mad about this win trading apparently it's been going on for a while yeah and so now it's not too now surprising. they have to figure out what to do yeah i think trials is one of those things that is on a pedestal for a reason right it's the pinnacle of pvp activity you can play casual crucible you can play iron banner you can play comp, but if you're talking about like some of the best PvPers in the game, Trials is it. Between the weapons, regular or adept, the armor, just the prestige of getting to the lighthouse, right? I think that it has a lot of very high expectations, understandably. What's disappointing to me is that it just... <laughs> They can't catch a break with trials. (laughs) It's either something's broken or someone can get on top of the map or a stasis, or in this case, something that isn't even technically breaking a mechanic within the game, but people have found a way around dealing with people who do cheat and do break the game. And it sucks that people have to get to that place in order to get some of the stuff that they want, but it's the association with this high tier loot and high tier gear that trials has now while yes we've been doing the 12 man stuff with um you know strikes raids uh you technically can go into presage with 12 people um <laughs> they are fixing it they're fixing it before gms why because gms are pinnacle pve activity and they don't want people to be able to do that and I think that that's yeah. the right response to say, okay, have fun with it now, but we're going to turn this off. We're going to fix it when this big thing comes out. If people did that in GMs, people would lose their crap. Like, it would be just awful. I think PvP, unfortunately, is suffering from multiple symptoms of just a lot of things that have been happening for a while. And I think people finally were like, well, this is break it. It's not PvP, <laughs> but it doesn't break it. And I do think that it's been going on for a long time. And I don't know. I I feel for Bungie. I hope they fix it. I hope they find a solution to make it less desirable for people to want to go to those means to get the stuff they want and just be able to play PvP and enjoy it. I think they're a way off from that. But yeah, I hope it happens. And so what's funny is every time I, I'm in the mood, right, it's towards the end of the weekend to play it, and by that time it's already, oh, no, we got to shut it down. Yep. Something happened. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not trying it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that, I mean, that was a, a busy, that was a busy month for Destiny, mm-hmm. and there's still more stuff to come for this season. 
Um, just looking at the roadmap, we have, uh, we mentioned earlier, the new Vanguard Strike, mm -hmm. Proving Ground, that's launching on the 23rd. We're getting, of course, a, a second and third Iron Banner, um, actually the same day, 23rd, and the last one will be in middle of April. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, and towards the end, we're getting Guardian Games back. Heck yeah! Titans for life. And it's, nope, nope. This time, mm -mm. this time, this time. Yeah, it's going to be the Titans again. I've it probably you. is <laughs> going to be the Titans again, to be fair. We're stupid competitive. And, and I think what's probably funnier is probably folks that were that main hunter just to troll probably went and did it on Titan once they started noticing that Titan was doing all the work. I'm sure they probably did. <laughs> I would be willing to put money on the fact that they did. Yeah, so it would be, be interesting to see what what new activities are going to bring to Guardian Games. So if I remember correctly, it was basically doing a lot of Lost Sectors, doing a bunch of small activities to get points. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't, I don't know what they might do differently here. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I think with the Battlegrounds activities and some of the other stuff, maybe certain Pinnacle activities will be worth more. We'll have to see. But I thought it was really cool last time. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, folks, now we're getting into the really, 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 really good stuff. Oh, Verita's good gonna, stuff. Verita is going to drop it. She's going to drop the hammer. Oh, the big, flamey, fiery hammer. We're dropping it. So in addition to a lot of the updates that we've gotten within the This Week at Bungie posts, Bungie was like, hey, here's a road roadmap. Here's a state of the game, if you will for what's coming and what to expect. So there's a lot to unpack from that. So we're going to get into it. So the biggest thing, the first thing, was the Witch Queen, Lightfall, and beyond. So last summer, Bungie was talking about the full story arc that starts with Beyond Light, followed by the Witch Queen, and then Lightfall. Now what they did advise was Witch Queen has been pushed back to be early 2022, which is understandable. And as part of that, whether intentionally or not, but I do think it was intentional and the fact that they're telling such a big story, there's going to be another additional unannounced chapter of Lightfall to complete the first saga of Destiny. I read that and it felt like George R. R. Martin dropped the last two Game of Thrones books right in front of me and was like, here you go, champ. Read up. Oh my goodness. Story. Give it to me. So I'm excited about that. You know what that means? They said this is the first saga, which potentially means there's more coming. Mm -hmm. More arcs of Destiny, which I think by that point, we will be past the 10 years that they originally promised of Destiny. We sure will. So are we getting. Ten more years? I don't know, but I Ten will play forever. Years. So. Ten more years. I think it speaks volumes to the franchise and the choices that they've made over time to create longevity within the game and the environment and the story. And I think it's super cool. And I think the reason that they are delaying the Witch Queen is super legit. It's giving them time to develop the story further. They need to make sure that they're upgrading everything to support what they want to do. IT infrastructure, super important. Shout out to my IT people. And then 
they're being responsible about COVID. COVID impacted us, everybody, in a way that nobody expected, especially, I feel like the gaming industry in particular, was impacted so heavily. Because, you know, it's one thing to be able to walk over somebody's desk and look over their shoulder and go, oh, can you do this, this, that? Maybe take their mouse, type something on the keyboard, whatever. That's my cat. Or, you know, to have to do that <laughs> virtually over a Zoom call or a WebEx or email it takes time. It's challenging. So I think the fact, there we go, that they're being respectful of that with their employees is really great. I think the fact that they're announcing it, too, the fact that they're being out and out honest about the fact that, like, hey, we're trying to be responsible is really awesome. So definitely good enough reasons to delay it. Just more anticipation, more to look forward to. <laughs> Which would be interesting how they, um, you know, will it be the last season that gets a little bit extra? Do we might might get a little bit of extra story? Right when we're mm -hmm. doing that last season before Witch Queen happens, um, and I actually like it because I'll be honest, even though I like the fall release of 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 Destiny, uh, being able to do this at the beginning of the year, maybe while we're still in holiday break, might be pretty awesome. I agree wholeheartedly. It's if the calendar cadence changes, I do think that will be quite the extra extra little boost some people need, which is great. Um, so really the next big thing that they brought up, which again was, I think, very welcoming for a lot of people. There were a lot of, you know, silent fist pumps in the air when they read this, um, <laughs> talking about rewards that matter. They're getting rid of sunsetting. They're sunsetting the sunsetting, if you will. So, oh. so the way they explained it was any weapon or armor that can currently be infused in max power will continue to be able to reach max power permanently. Starting in Season 14, infusion caps will no longer continue on weapons and armor that have not already reached that cap at the start of Season 13. Now, there were probably a lot of people who were like, oh, I wanted to keep my black armory gear, I wanted to keep my recluse, or this, this, that. I think what they did with the initial sunsetting was needed. I think that there had been some of those weapons around for a very long time. They needed to shift the meta. They weren't ready yet with new stuff. This is the way they had to do it. And I think initially it achieved what they wanted. But then I think when it got to armor and other weapons, it became, okay, well, what can I keep? What am I going to have to get rid of? What's going to be gone two seasons from now? Is it worth me keeping this? Weapons, mainly, but really armor. And I think that that's something they're, they're working on, too. But having armor have that really great role on it, and keeping that, and masterworking it, and then seeing that cap on there, it's a little deflating. <laughs> so the fact that they're doing that now, saying, okay, we're done with this, super smart move. They have other ways they can try to shift the meta. They've done it with buffs and nerfs and things like that. And creating new weapons and new armor and new mods is how they, how they do that. I think if it happened again every once in a while, it wouldn't be a bad thing. But the fact that they're basically like, okay, we're going to stop this for now because it's not working the way we wanted is a solid call. 
it means that they're seeing what's happening, they're listening, they're making those critical changes for player enjoyment and longevity. Yeah, I, I do definitely agree there. I I was worried that, like you said, armor was a big thing. Like, how are you not be you won't be able to use last raid's armor in the new raid, mm -hmm. right? That typically raid armor is the one that has the most uh, perks available or mods available for it. Right. So that would have been crazy. I still have Scourge of the Past armor. I was keeping that. It's like I'm ready to use this. So I, I'm I'm really glad that they changed this. They, you know, um, removing sunsetting. Everyone was super loud and vocal about how this is not working. So I'm really glad that they are listening. And I can't wait. To, I can't wait to use my. Oh, what is it? Forever use my whispering. So I love I love waveform grenade launchers. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I don't have to get rid of that because that is one of the best for me. And it, I use it on all my builds. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good grenade launcher. So the next thing that they talked about, which again, I think was really smart, in my opinion. Um, so the overall power cap last year was raised by 50 every season. Starting in season 14 they're only raising the power cap by 10 for each non-expansion season. I think that this is also very smart. Um, really, the thing that can wear on you with this game as much as we love it is the power level grind. The constant, I have to go to Strix, I have to go to Gambit, I have to go Crucible, I have to go do all my pinnacles and powerfuls and, and bounties and things like that. To get to that point where you've reached that cap and you can start to work on your artifact, power and everything like that to make that less of a grind so you can have more fun doing what you want to do rather than doing what you feel like you have to do to get there super smart call i think that's great i think you've created a system where now with the weekly challenges and the adjustment to bounties and things like that it's a nice balance across the board so i think that was also a great move on their part uh, and I I agree there. I I was getting I was getting burnt out of just trying to get to the next you know getting to the base or the powerful cap, and then the grind that is the pinnacle cap. It just takes all season for me. Exactly. Now I only have to worry about it once, mm -hmm. which is great. And I think that's probably a good way because unless they're releasing raids every season, which they're not, right? right I, I think that having that that large gap between base to powerful and then to pinnacle is only needed once a year. Exactly. And I think that makes sense because typically in a big expansion, you would see something game changing to the point where they've got to push to that level. In between that, if you're not introducing any new mechanics, like any new supers or anything like that, it doesn't need to be 50 every time. So I, I agree with you there. For sure. So the next thing that this great article got into was, of course, the thing that is on a lot of Guardians' minds, as we mentioned earlier, PvP. <laughs> so Bungie did a good job in summarizing what their high-level vision is for PvP, which is, and I quote, direct player versus player competition is essential in Destiny as an option to express mastery of your Guardian and showcase the strength of your arsenal against other players. 
So that is in essence what they are trying to achieve. And then the article outlines a lot of great stuff that they're trying to do to achieve that. So they've outlined improve the gameplay sandbox, balance, and crucible, upgrade the experience of the most aspirational game modes, which we all know is trials. So (laughs) the balance updates that they're talking about get divided into three big buckets. So in season 15, they're going to address three peaking and trials in comp. So that means you can't emote and you can't take out third person weapons if they don't have ammo. Third person stuff is great, but that's not what third person stuff is for. So the fact that they're going to address that, which is something that has long been requested to be addressed, is great. Um, Over the next several seasons, Bungie will be making changes to stasis and light subclasses to achieve a healthier balance of subclasses in the Crucible. The article outlines a lot of changes that they want to do specifically to stasis, but then of the other light-based subclasses as well. And I think that has also had a big impact on the PvP meta in general. So the fact that they're addressing that is great. And then ultimately continue to adjust weapon archetype performance and introduce new perks that shift the meta in Crucible. And in season 15, Bungie is going to be looking at the overall uh, ability usage rates to ensure guns and gunplay are always key to success in the Crucible. I think those main points that they're looking at are definitely big priorities for the PvP community. So it's nice to see that they've outlined that in their plan. It'll be interesting if they ever introduce like uh, mods that reduce the the damage of a stasis ability or grenade or super or and the same thing to light some something to to kind of react or or maybe just the tweaks that they're doing to their sandbox might achieve that I but think it would be it nice should. maybe to have some kind of some some way to ca- counteract or or some way to, to even reduce how how long you're frozen right if you mm-hmm. can cut it by half or something that would be pretty cool that's an inherent change to stasis though i think that's something that they need to address in the sandbox the only concern i would have about mods is that if you stack those up People are just going to not run stasis in PvP because at that point, if you reduce the effectiveness of it with something that you can optionally put on your gear, that's going to deter people from using it altogether. But if there was something, even PvP-based armor, that gave you specific perks in Crucible, Iron Banner, Trials, things like that, that might be nice. A different goal to work towards for people who enjoy PvP. Um, And then the other PvP note, big one that they had talked about, is they're trying to address anti-cheat and fairness of gameplay. So what they're trying to do is double the size of their game security team, reflecting on a long-term commitment to fair play, regular surveys to better understand the player experiences with cheating to measure progress, and then aggressively... (laughs) go after and take legal action against cheat developers, which is to a degree the first line of defense, right? Because if you're making a cheat, you got to go out there and get the guys that are making it. Um, yep. But the fact that they're like, we know this is a problem. This is what we're going to try to do, I think is great. 
it would be interesting. They haven't mentioned it, but uh, I wonder if they've considered because uh, right now you can play New Light for free and go into PvP. You can try out comp. You can try out trials. But what if they they will revert that and make it? You have to buy the game in order to try the competitive modes. I think that would be smart, and I know that that would not be popular among a lot of people. But I think in the same way that if you're playing for free, you have to. I think you need two factor authentication now for it. Um, to say, look, you can enjoy the base game, but if you want a PvP, you got to buy it. I think if they did that for things like Iron Banner and Comp and Trials, I definitely think that that would be... I personally think that would be a step in the right direction, but I also appreciate an aggressive approach to stuff like this. Because <laughs> uh, it's it's rough. I enjoy PvP. I have a hard time enjoying it in this game. And I used to. But right now, I only play when I have to. And I'd like to get to back to a point where I play it because I want to, because I'm having fun. So I'm ho- a lot of these changes sound like they're going to try to get us there, which will be great. So another big nostalgia attack for SD1 vets. I'm very, very excited about this. I cannot wait to run this raid with people who have never experienced this before. It's Vault of Glass, baby. We're going back. We're going to get him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I actually watched uh, Bife's video today. He did a lore video on Vault of Glass, and it just brought back so many memories. I'm like, oh, this is so good. So they outlined a few different things. Um, this is going to be, I think, the biggest thing outside of really the Cosmodrome that they're taking out of the Destiny content vault. So their goal is to keep it feeling like the content you remember while updating it to meet difficulty uh, difficulty levels for the raids. So it is going to launch with a contest mode in the first 24 hours in a world's first race, but world's first is going to operate differently this time. Players who are looking to claim the belt will not only have to complete the raid, but also a curated list of challenging triumphs, which I think is interesting. It's an interesting choice but makes a lot of sense. If they're not making any huge intrinsic differences to the raid, I think, because people still probably could run that with their eyes closed. I mean, you can, I think, still go into D1 and run it now. Um, To make it more challenging, to say, look, we know you know this, we're making this harder for you now, I think is very smart. And then I think they're going to look to add which will not, I think, I know they, it's in the article. My goodness. Um, they're going to add a master version of Vault of Glass. And they're basing that on the success of Master and Grandmaster Nightfall Strikes, which is super smart. They are a lot of fun. They're challenging PvE content. And so to add a master version of Vault of Glass is a smart call, especially with how popular your Deepstone Crypt has become and how much fun that raid is to run. But the difficulty level really is not something that changes very much. You know, now we're at the point where we can mess around with stuff in there and still clear it with plenty of time. You know, you're talking about three people thunder crashing into Tanix <laughs> and, and getting to 
to last stand with him, which is super fun, by the way. Um, but there isn't another level of challenge or difficulty there. So adding that to Vault of Glass, which is something people know very well, is really smart. I think that's great. And it'll offer a, a adept gear. Imagine an adept Fatebringer. <laughs> oh, I want it. Want it. What do you think of that? I'm actually pretty... I'm happy with their approach on how they're trying to make it more difficult because obviously we... Every, everyone that's a vet, that's any one vet, knows how to beat Vault of Glass. I probably... I remember putting in so many hours to get my first clear. Just the first one. Yeah. And it, after that, we would run it with three characters every week. Every week. Mm-hmm. Um... So it would be interesting it's interesting to see what are these new triumphs, these new challenges that they want to make. Because I, I, I remember, didn't they add in like a rotational, like, or was that a Destiny 2 thing where they added a new challenge each week? I don't remember if it was in D1. It's definitely in Destiny 2 because you have the rotating challenges with Garden and Last Wish and DSC now. But I, I would probably expect champions. Mm-hmm. I would yep. I. I champions um maybe more more of the um what are they the like the nightfall mods not knife modifiers, modifiers yes the modifiers yeah. to probably make them more challenging no no hud no hud know? yeah <laughs> something like that maybe relying on sound cues something like that i that's going to be a world's first i watch all day it's like a sporting event now for me. It's so fun. It is. I mean, I've 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 tried to assemble a team, and we'll try our best, right, to see how far we can do or how much we can do, like in the first four to six hours, because we're we're getting old. Our backs hurt. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> oh yes. But but after that, I I'm glued. I'm glued to Worlds First. It's always great seeing the top teams just go at it. I love you it. You know, it, it it's so exciting. Um. And, you know, with this, you know, bringing grades from the vault now, you could potentially get two world's first raids two every year. Yeah. Oh, it's so I'm good. sure this is not the this is not the last one they'd bring back. Oh no, definitely not. I think that with the way the story is going and with the narrative that they're aiming at, I think we're gonna get the Leviathan back sooner than we think. And so if anything, I think Leviathan might come back soon. But I also am selfish and want Menagerie back, so there's that. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so the last big thing that got announced in this uh, state of the game from Bungie is Transmog. This is something that a lot of people have been looking forward to. Something that I think is sorely needed, and we are getting it. So in Season 14, our pal Ada1 is coming back to the tower and with her comes her armor synthesis loom. So this is going to be transmog armor synthesis. So every season, Ada will offer players a set of bounties that highlight various activity types. Players can complete these quests and receive the materials they need to power up the loom, which can then turn any piece of armor in your collection to a permanent universal ornament. Super, super good. Players that are short on time, as the article put it, can also purchase these synthesis tokens for silver. 
there's going to be a new appearance screen, a new UI change to help you manage all of it. And one of the things I was probably more excited about this than was necessary, but shaders will now be permanent unlocks and you don't need to hang <laughs> on to them in your inventory anymore. The number of oh shaders that I have just sitting there because I'm like, well, maybe this will look good on something. I That is gone now. And I'm very grateful for that. Oh, my God. Um, and they're letting you, with this UI change, allow you to apply shaders individually or to everything all at once, which, again, also very sorely needed and very, very welcome. So there's going to be a small onboarding quest at the beginning of next season to introduce this. But I'm pretty psyched about this. Ada one coming back to the tower, too. I'm ready for more Black Armory stuff. I know it's, yeah. it's in there somewhere. Bring it on. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. Or if anything, you know what? If, if anything, right? Right now, the biggest, I guess, issue that I have is uh, if you go to your collections, there's some armor or weapons that you can't you can't get from it because it has randomized perks, mm -hmm. right? If there's a way for them to do that and for us to to get those old armor and make it a universal shade, uh, a universal um, ornament, not shader, ornament, yeah. That would be good. I'm I think excited. that would be good because I, I just, I like the way that the, the, uh, you know, the eight of one, you know, that season, that armor looked like. That stuff was great. Actually, actually, didn't they say in a previous, I don't know if it was a TWAB, but they mentioned like, it's okay if you dismantle whatever you have, it's going to keep track on the collections and eventually you'll be able to use it in the transmog. I'm hoping that's still true. That's my understanding. The way the article worded it was not 100% clear. But my understanding is that if it's in your collections, you can use it for a transmog. You can use it as something to pick from, which I'm hoping really is truly the case. What would be super good, and this is very much wishful thinking on my part, I would really like if they pulled in some of the D1 stuff. Because they have not brought back my favorite Iron Banner armor, and I want it. The one that you looked like a knight from the round table. That's the oh, one I yes. want. That season. I want to have the wolf on, on my, my head. Right? As a hunter. Exactly. So I'm hoping that maybe they dig into the vault a little bit too and say, hey, you have this in D1. Here it is now. Have fun. So that'd be great. But I think that's really another great quality of life change for the game. You've got this whole screen in your inventory. Dedicated to shaders. No more. And I love that. And letting people and customize stuff the way they want. Yes, exactly what I was going to say is you have this maxed out 70 plus stat roll armor piece. Right? Mm -hmm. That's even before it's masterworked. Right. So, so, you know, get it at 82. But it looks ugly. It looks so bad. <laughs> There's so you know, many the other half of Destiny, the like other is, is Destiny, right? You, it is. You want to look good as you're killing all these enemies. So I'm happy that we're finally getting transmog. I mean, it's something that's very common and, and, and you know, something more, you know, more of a, a, co a complicated or complex MMO type game. Mm -hmm. You know, Destiny is more of a light MMO than anything. But we're finally getting it and we'll be able to look exactly how we want and be as powerful as we want as well. Superfly. I'm very excited. 
so the article touched on a couple other things, just very briefly, because I don't think they wanted to get into too much detail about this. But of course, in Seasons 15, we have crossplay coming, which is going to be super great. I've said super great a lot now, I realize. But everything is super great. So we're going to keep saying it. Um, everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Um, so console and PC crossplay will not happen by default, at least for PvP, the way they described it. I think you have to invite your console friends if you're on PC. So that's very good to see. Um, I think they'll probably release more details about how this is going to work as it's coming. One of the main notes that I took, and it was the shortest sentence in this paragraph, I think, Ikora Ray will be playing a pivotal role in The Witch Queen. About time. I have been given so much of a hard time about this. I think we're going to lose Ikora to the darkness. <gasps> That's my prediction. I think that she's been ostracized. I think that this whole thing is going to happen with Crow. Everyone's going to realize who Crow is, who he was. They're going to take his side. She's going to flip out because Osiris is going to take his side. And that's her mentor. And I think she's going to be like, peace, I'm going to go hang out with Eris and Savathun. I think that's what's going to happen. That's me. But I think that's a very controversial thing. <laughs> So we'll see what happens. Folks, you've heard it here. You've heard it here <laughs> on Game of Loop Radio. Verita with her prediction. We'll have to wait a year and find out if this is true. What do you think? Remember this. I want to hear yours. I I didn't even think that was going to be a thing. Now I kind of, I'm rooting for your prediction because <laughs> that would be like a, it's like a whole 180, right? Mm -hmm. I, I Cora. The character that of Korra has been portrayed throughout this whole this whole universe, I I just don't see her like breaking that much. But but with the Destiny two, you saw how easily she broke, mm -hmm. right? Character, she was not the same once she lost her light. Nope, she was not. It's gonna be. And I'm I'm so I'm like I'm really I'm just glad that they're gonna use her because oh my god, they tried with one of the seasons with the portal thing. Mm -hmm. It didn't go so well. She's just been underutilized as a character. She's been meditating for a very long time. Time for that Too to long. stop. Too long. Agreed. So let's see. Uh, season 15 will introduce the first round of legendary stasis, energy, and power weapons. About dang time. Um, because that one that they gave us, I take out when I need to, and I don't use it. <laughs> so it's, I'm ready I've for new it. stuff. I've used it for the quest steps where you have to shoot little diamonds. Yep. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it's all I've not, used it for, too. It's honestly not very good. <laughs> I think I used it one other time to try to make steps on the side of a wall, see if I could jump up to something high. But other than that, I've not used it. So I'm excited to see what they have bringing new subclass-oriented weapons into the loop pool. That's going to be super cool. And then... A good quality of life note, because we now have gilded titles in season 13, uh, season 14 will provide updates to show how many times you've gilded a title. So it looks like a, you know, gilded dredge and squared type thing. But it, it's nice. nice. Nice to be able to display how hard you've worked and how many times, especially for people with like Conqueror, 
right? Like people who've gotten that four times. That's something I'd show oh. off. So yeah, I don't think I I have not gilded any of my titles. Have you Have you reached any of those? I did. I gilded Dredgen because I'm a gambit. Nice. I have a problem, but <laughs> <laughs> um, Gambit just got so much better with this with Beyond Light, really, and the season especially. I'm like, oh, because when it popped up, because I already had Dredgen, because again, I have a problem. Um, it was I was almost halfway done with it already. It's like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna get gilded Dredgen. This is great. Um, <laughs> so I think it's cool. I'm not gonna bother with Crucible one because too many things need to happen. Crucible. I don't yep. have Conqueror. I'd like to try to get it this season. So what about you? I have actually not. I mean, I've. I'm trying to remember when was the last one like actual title that I got. It must have been last season, like the seasonal title, mm-hmm. which is the easiest one that you can get, right? But I don't know which one would I like. So speaking of of Gambit, I have noticed. And I don't know if they mentioned it before, but the AI hits hard. Like, oh, they do. I they're awful. I feel like I just get destroyed immediately compared to previous seasons. There are certain maps where I know now how the enemies are gonna populate and when it's hive on that one particular i think it's titan titan yes and titan and you have the shriekers i'm like forget it yes i'm not gonna nope this is gonna be uh don't expect anything good out of me here because these things are gonna womp me and they do but i agree 100 percent. they do hit harder especially scorn which i didn't think was possible but it is but overall this whole state of the game that they produced and they published, full of great information. I highly recommend giving it a read for yourself. But the future of Destiny is very bright and maybe a little dark. Probably both. <laughs> we'll see. But it was a great, great read. Great article. Good, good things coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Um, I keep... It, it's a weird thing. Like, I love playing Destiny. And then sometimes I'll get get uh, burnt out, but mm-hmm. as soon as a new season pops up, it goes away, and I forget. You know, it's it's a weird relationship. But I, I'm every single time they they drop one of these big updates about the future of Destiny, it, it just gets me so hyped every single time. I agree a hundred percent. If it had been a Vidoc, I think I would have been even more hyped. But I think sometimes just reading it and seeing it in front of you, it's like, yeah, this is happening. This is going to be great. Because I'm with you. There are definitely times where I look at Destiny and I'm like, I really need a break from this. But then I see other stuff or I read some lore or I watch a YouTube video and I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go. Let's get in here. It's game time. It's let's, game time. let's get this done. It's go time. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we promised you another hour and a- another hour we have given you. Mm-hmm. So... I'm 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 super glad, Rita, that have you have joined me here with to cover Destiny Two news and just give our thoughts on what we've played, what's coming. Um, like we said earlier, I I can talk about this all day. Absolutely, I'm so all happy. <laughs> this is something that I love listening to podcasts, but I never thought I'd be able to be a part of something like this, and not just be a part of it, but talk about something I love already. I'm so happy. This is fantastic. I'm having so much fun. And it's it's so easy too when you're able to talk about something that you're passionate about. It is. 
it's great. It's great. And I, I'm hoping everyone that's listening that you have enjoyed it too. Um, but I, I, I think that's going to be it for today. Absolutely. Rita, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? No, I mean, I think we covered an awful lot. Um, there have been a few posts in the This Week at Bungie that have come up with some interesting details. Um, also, please vote Team Dino. I would like to be a T-Rex oh, for Halloween. yes, Team Dino. Yes, for Halloween, you have to vote for Team Dino so we can get armor that I look like a T-Rex. Absolutely. Yes, please. Me Grimlock. Me King. There you go. <laughs> Team Dino. But no, I think we've covered quite a bit. A lot of really great information. I can't wait for the next one. Awesome. Well, Barita, if anyone wanted to find you on your socials, where can they do that? They can find me on Twitter, on Twitch, Instagram, and YouTube, all under Verita More 87. So, well, you heard it, folks. Go check out Verita. She uh, streams Destiny. Uh, oh, what's the other? Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. Is there anything else that you're playing? Right now, those are the two big things, but also Outriders. Had a lot of fun with that. I'm sure we'll talk about that soon. Um, But those have been the big things, and I'm patiently waiting for a date on the sequel to The Forest. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, you guys just got a sneak peek. There is going to be an episode about Outriders, so please be on the lookout, and uh, you will hear... Rita, myself, and your favorite bard, <gasps> Sage. Yes. <laughs> so we're excited about that one. But that's it for today. Um, if you liked today's episode, don't forget to leave us a rating or review on your preferred platform. Uh, we will love to hear from you. Feel free to email us, ask us any questions, leave us a comment in our Discord. Uh, we would like to hear from you. Is there anything that we can improve on? Do you have any suggestions on topics or game reviews that you want us to cover? You can find additional episodes of Game Loop Radio on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, now uh, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and of course, Podbeam. Thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs>